Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Jasmine Vallejo. A student of culture, people, and technology, Jasmine Vallejo is committed to serving the Latinx community and increasing diversity in the tech industry. Industry. She moved to Austin by way of San Antonio in 2008 and graduated from the University of Texas at Austin with degrees in government and public relations. Her past work has included multicultural marketing at South by Southwest, building strategic marketing programs at ESPN, and delivering in-depth data and analysis on Facebook and Instagram's product user experience to help develop products that are inclusive for all. She's currently on the community engagement team at Facebook, is a board member of Latinas in Tech, a nonprofit that is focused on empowering and connecting Latinas in the technology industry and co-founded Latinos in Tech, an organization that brings together Latinos and allies for community and connection. Jasmine's work has been fueled by her passion for advocating for underrepresented communities by holding spaces that foster community, intersectionality, and the rights of marginalized people. Coming from a family of migrant farmers and growing up in an underserved community on the south side of San Antonio, it is important to Jasmine to shine light on the lack of representation in technology and empower communities that shaped her as a young Latina. Hello, friend. Hello. How are you on this very gloomy Saturday morning? Honestly, with this cold front, my toes feel like they're about to just fall off. I am amazing. You Texans. (laughs) (laughs) I have like four pairs of socks on. It gets below 60 and y'all are like, it's freezing. And I'm like, it's cold. It gets like 75 and I'm cold. Don't give Um, me too much credit. (laughs) Um, So I'm trying to think back when we first met. It had to be like two years ago because you're working at Facebook, I was working at OutYouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we had partnered with Facebook for that. So that's how we met and we've been friends ever since. And then the pandemic struck and it really just put a damper on our plans. We had like all these plans to like hang out last year and then the world was like, mm, no. <laughs> so The world just stopped. Can I just say that I was um, so, what's the word? Like when I met you, it would just felt like an instant connection. Like you just bring such joy to people's lives and everyone spoke about you. And then, you know, when we sat outside on like the patio, um, it was just like a breath of fresh air. Like there wasn't any, um, you know, it wasn't like a client meeting. It was just me and you. It felt like we were friends forever. It was so natural. And I just want to give you a huge shout out because you just make people feel comfortable in every space you are, you're in. And I just... I love that about you. Thank you. I'm not going to cry this early in the morning. <laughs> um, but I, I always tell people, I was like, I feel like I never treat people like they're strangers. I'm like, we've been friends for years. Like, what do you mean we met five minutes ago? Like, yeah. I don't, it's just the extra extroverted in me. I'm like, no, we've like been, I met Jasmine like six years ago. Like it's been a week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk to you today because I feel like we didn't know what we were going to talk about. And then I told you that I'm currently watching this true crime documentary about um the Cecile Hotel on Netflix and you were like your eyes lit up and I was like ooh true crime friend let's talk <laughs> about it um because like I have like quote been into true crime since I was like super young and I always think it's the uh Jean Benet case that got me really into it like we were the same age when she um mm-hmm. was murdered but I don't know it was just like I, it, even me being five that was just five or six. I was like, how does this happen? Like you're supposed to like grow up and have a whole life. Um, and then also like with princess Diana dying when I was super young, I like, my mom was like, you are devastated <laughs> and, and feeling like 
it wasn't an accident. And so like, I've always had like this conspiracy that, that I feel like is not my own conspiracy now. So yeah. So I would just like to like talk about true crime. Cause I feel like there's so many podcasts out there. I surprisingly haven't talked to anybody else about true crime, which is wild to think about because the show's been on for <laughs> ever now. Um, <laughs> and no one's ever talked to me about true crime. So um, yeah, like what, what case got you into true crime? Yeah, I think I've always had a large um, imagination. And so my parents specifically and strategically didn't let me watch true crime when I was younger because they knew that Jasmine was just going to get panic about any little sound around the house. Um, so they kept me away. But I think there was always something that I was interested in when it came to true crime. I originally wanted to get into um, uh Oh, uh, criminology. Mm-hmm. So when I was in high school, um, I was able to do like a ride along with a cop and yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> I thought I was prepared for that. And no. I was not, um, poor 17 year old, uh, riding around with the cop until like six in the morning. I think it was 11 PM to 6 AM. Uh, don't know why my parents allowed me to do that, <laughs> but it's, guard me. Um, but it, it also, you know, opened my eyes into the world of just of true crime and like how to solve these cases, how many cases go unsolved. Um, but I think the one case that really got me into it was, uh, the orange tree. I think it's called orange Mm -hmm. Tree at the university of Texas, um, in West campus. So it was about this woman who was friend, who was friends with this, you know, this male. Um, and she, went downtown, they all went downtown, they were friends, um, having, you know, a couple drinks. It was, it came clear that, you know, maybe she was interested in him and he wasn't interested in her. Um, Things kind of happened. They went back home. Uh, And the next morning she didn't return for her like internship. And so it kind of flagged everybody, like, where is this woman at? Um, And they, you know, knew that the last person she hung out with was this male friend. So they, you know, go over to their apart his apartment and they find her in the bathtub. Um, and he ha- is like nowhere to be found. He, you know, went about his life regularly. Um, and so essentially he was like living in his apartment with her. Yeah. So it's just, I think it's like a six episode series. It's led by the journalism team at the University of Texas. Um, so very like investigative. They had interviews with him. Um, yeah. And so for me, I was in college. It happened like right next door um, a couple years prior to me getting to UT. So I was, of course, like walking around like the apartment complex and was like, where did this happen? So that was like the main case. It was like, oh, okay, I feel like a detective walking around myself. And then it was history after that. I'm stuck on YouTube watching True Crime Daily. I'm a visual person. Mm. A lot of people will listen to podcasts on true crime. I can every now and again. Um, when I'm like on a run or I'm walking my dog, I feel like I'm investigating as they're sharing the story. But for the most part, I watch YouTube videos um, and just listen and like tune in like True Crime Daily, um, you know, where they have like 2020 and they go through their own true crime stories, things like that. Okay. There's so much I want to talk about here. So <laughs> I always laugh because I'm literally the jumpiest person I've ever met. Like I'm afraid of my own shadow. Like I'm just like never chill. So like you saying, like, I don't know why my parents let me do this. Cause they like guarded me from everything. I feel that deeply. Um, <laughs> and then in high school, I took forensics in high school and like marine biology, like just random stuff. Cause I thought I was going to be like a detective and I was like, I need to know like all these things, like it, it, we had a bathroom next to, um, our forensics classroom. And I remember our teacher like using fake blood so we could do luminal tests. And I was like, this is fantastic. Um, but like, I've just always like watched like criminal minds and CSI and like NCIS and like all those, like, like law and order, law and order, the originals. Let me tell you, Jesse, you reminded me, um, Dexter, Yep, was yep. this show 
that yeah so let me rewind Dexter was a show that wanted me to get into like true crime um or just even criminology because mm-hmm. I wanted to do forensic science but be a forensic photographer so like if there was a crime scene I wanted to come in take photos and figure out like what way what like um what's he say what like tool they used yep. based on like the splatter of the blood um and that of course just I attribute that to Dexter I think they're coming out with a new series I'll probably finish it in the day of Dexter yeah I hear there's word on the street so (laughs) Jasmine's like let me know when it comes out word on the street um but like so okay I this is like the best thing ever so like um so yeah like Criminal Minds all those sort of shows and then um you were talking about like watching tv and so like I watch unsolved mysteries like the reboot on netflix and i was watching it with my friend shelby and she's like i can't watch this like i need to know what happens i'm like no i i want to watch this i can like when the world opens back up i can go and like walk the scene like i'm like me of all people there's like 30 people who have tried to solve this but it's gonna be me um that's something like always think about too of like listening to true crime every single week like there's so many cases that have happened that like you're like the show I'm watching right now it's about this woman Elisa Lamb who went like missing and so I'm watching I'm like I feel like I know this case and I was like is this the girl that was in the water tank and for me to just be like why do I know this like mm-hmm. the stuff like you just start to absorb with like true crime but then then there's like for me I feel like every true crime person has that one case that keeps you up at night and the one that I just cannot get over is the yogurt shop murders here in Austin have you heard of this oh no so it was back in like the 90s I want to say and it was like these two girls who were working at this yogurt shop one of their friends came in and then one of their sisters came in and you know fast forward to like all four girls being murdered in the yogurt shop being set on fire and they don't know who did it do a deep dive um but so like every podcast I listen to has done coverage of it and I'm just like how have they not found out who did this like it's just I just cannot get over it um and everyone's like why do you know this case like you weren't even living in Austin at the time I was like exactly so if I know about this already how do you people not know about it so I think the case that like still to this day that I just feel like is just like such a miscarriage of justice because I am who I am now um it's the case of Adnan Syed have you listened to this from Serial no Jasmine I'm over here taking notes of all this true crime I spent hours <laughs> on true crime okay and you're just sh- showing me all the ones that I don't know okay so this is the case that like like I was into true crime but then I listened to this podcast when I first moved to Austin because it's like when podcasts like really blew up and it was this podcast called Serial and it was by this woman Sarah Koenig who had been like a journalist for years um, but this woman, Rabia, sent in this case of like her child, her brother's childhood friend who was accused of murdering his um, high school girlfriend. And it's just like the, you have to go listen to it. So first of all, there's the podcast serial about it. And then there's another podcast called Undisclosed, which is Rabia's coverage of it. She wrote a book about it. And then there's also a series from HBO, I want to say about this case because he did not do it and that's the hill I die on um but it's like he wasn't anywhere near her they were broken up she had a new boyfriend that like people think is super sketchy and then like the guy who said he did it like they weren't even really friends it's like clearly the cops were feeding him answers it's a whole thing so I highly recommend the case of Ed Nancyad because you will go down a rabbit hole and reddit is just like all over the place with it so highly recommend it is instantly I try to finish like a true case crime before I start doing my own investigative <laughs> stuff uh-huh. and I'm like Jasmine you're gonna hear all of these conspiracy theories before you make your first decision but like reddit number one place to find everything out and twitter I feel like is the place for truth there the is truth. <laughs> there is no tweet <laughs> at least with like true crime community mm-hmm. uh, that is false like you can just hear diff- different perspectives on it and I'm like oh I had no idea or yeah. oh I didn't catch that part and here I am like reviewing the YouTube footage mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out like what part did I miss what shadow did I miss um, things like that but I wanted to also ask you have you watched the Lululemon one the Lululemon uh, store tell me more 
oh my goodness. So apparently there were these um, two women working, like we were closing the Lululemon shop. And uh, as like retail procedure, you're supposed to check each other's bag before you leave to make sure you're not stealing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one coworker asked the other to check her bag. And she said, oh, you know, so-and-so already checked it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this uh, world of not minding your business, um, that woman who wanted to check her bag went to verify the other coworker, like, Hey, did you check her bag? Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, I didn't. So then it became this like back and forth between the woman who didn't have her bag checked, but said she did. And then the other woman who was like protecting the store. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the one who like was accused that she did check it ended up leaving. So it left just those two women inside the store. Um, and then all of a sudden the next morning, another coworker comes in to open the shop and just sees the shop like completely destroyed. The cash registers open, there's clothes everywhere. Um, there's blood everywhere. So she walks, you know, towards the back, which one props to her. The moment I see something ransacked, I am not walking. In. Don't touch anything. <laughs> Don't touch anything. Stay outside. Call the right people. Not, nope, not me. Amateur. <laughs> so she walks to, you know, to the back and she sees um, two women, her two coworkers kind of tied up. They have zip ties, mm. there's blood. Um, and so she can hear one of them breathing. So she kind of like, you know, asks her, she hears some noise. She can tell she's lying to call the cops. And then they start investigating her. And the woman who was still alive um, ends up getting questioned. And she's like, oh, there were two guys that came in here. This may have been um, some sort of like racial, you know, unjust inside here. They were calling us names, X, Y, Z. And she ended up she was the one who killed her coworker Mm -hmm. and they found out based on the zip ties because the way the zip tie was pulled, it had teeth marks on it. So she had to be the one to tighten it. Yeah. So it was insane. But for me, I was like, there's no camera footage. Like do retail stores just not have camera footage, especially in the back. Let's talk about this cameras. (laughs) Why are we paying all this money for cameras not to be working? Not to be working. If I see one more documentary that has this janky ass camera footage. So pixelated. It's so zoomed You're, you're in multi-million dollar camp- uh, uh, hotels and stores mm-hmm. and y'all have the most ridiculously terrible camera. And then camera. you go to like Instagram stories and people have the wide lens and it's so clear and there are no blind spots. Like, I hate when I see true crime and they're like, oh, yeah, the camera did not catch it because it was in a blind spot. Uh, The camera wasn't working. It wasn't on. It was just here. It's a prop. I'm like, then what? Like, we actually don't record. (laughs) It just plays it live in the back. Like, what's the purpose of that? Do you have somebody sitting, you know, in the back just watching these screens? No. Or it's constantly taped over. I'm like, what year is this that you just tape over? (laughs) Don't get me started. Every single thing I watch I'm like give me that camera footage tell me everything why is this pixel mm-hmm. wasn't it working that's just that's just me at all times I'm just like losing or it. no one is like around to hear any voice and voices or screaming or anything it just so happens it's always empty area and even with like the Lululemon case they brought that up because it was in a store kind of similar like to um to the domain mm-hmm. like it was an open like outdoor mall and the store next door was an Apple store and there were retailers that were working. So they asked them questions, you know, like, Hey, did you hear any screams? Did you hear any thumps? Because the way the woman was explaining it was like, it was a back and forth. Everything was thrown. She was fighting for her life. And the Apple store workers were like, we heard nothing. And all of us were back here in the back room. We have thin walls that separate these two stores. Um, there weren't any screams, any sounds. And so then of course, that's when the detectives were like, we're raising some flags here. Um, but she ended up admitting afterwards, I guess it was her, she was getting accused of stealing and she felt some type of way. Um, and the other woman just, you know, kept questioning her. So one thing led to another. And then she's like, oh, it's the heat of the moment. I have to stage this as if this also happened to me as well. Yeah. I just... First of all, I could never like be near a, a crime taking place because first of all, I'm recording everything, finding another phone to call the cops. Like, listen, yeah. <laughs> do you do this for me. 
However, ugh, that's the anonymous it. hotline. Yeah, I'm like, hi, I'm recording this and I'm calling you from another line to let you know that at the hour of 3.42 p.m., uh, I started hearing noises. <laughs> Have you seen, there's a show on Netflix. Um, it used to be on uh, C, not CBS. There's another station that starts with the C. Mm-hmm. It used to be where like Jane the Virgin was on. I'll look it up. Are you sure it's not CBS? No. CW, not CW. 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 Boom. Got there. Okay. (laughs) So there, this show used to be on CW. It's now Mm -hmm. on Netflix, but it's about this woman. It's like kind of true crime, but it's a series. So it's a little bit more like production based. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was sucked in and I also sucked in my mom as well. It is a two season series. And I think there's like 13 or 16 episodes in each one. Girl, we finished it in like two, three days. What's the show? It's about this woman. It's something, something with blind in the title. Um, But it's about this woman who she lives in an apartment and then directly down the alley is this bar that her and her friends used to go to. And then a couple like blocks down her parents own this nonprofit um, that services um, or like trains blind dogs for like blind people. Mm -hmm. And um, so she literally goes to these three places only. And uh, there was this one night where she was walking through the alley and she was getting mugged. And this boy who was like 16 years old comes over and hits the guy who was mugging her. And so basically saves her life and they end up becoming friends. And, you know, she's, I think in her thirties and he's like 16, 17. So every time she walks through this alley from the bar to her apartment, um, you know, they just built this friendship. Well, this one night she's walking through the alley. She's a little bit drunk. uh, She's calling his name and he doesn't, he doesn't show up. And so she's like, I know he's here. This is something we do every day. This feels off. And so she goes to the little corner where they usually stand and she kind of kicks around and there's a a sleeping bag on the floor. So she bends down, she feels his face and realizes it's him. And so she calls the cops, she screams. And apparently there was some person there who like, it had just happened. It was fresh. Um, And so she calls the cops as she's waiting for the cops. How jerk of a move this is the person who killed him pulls the body away and since she's blind she can't see this so when the cops show up there is no body isn't that crazy wait is it called in the dark in the dark in the dark yes google and i i have to watch it so you you have to watch it and so you know of course like she sends this through um, detectives and the police station she's like this is on y'all um but she feels that they're moving too slow and of course they're like there is no body we can't do anything like he was a drug like a kid drug dealer he probably got scared maybe there was another drug you know people who came in and kicked him out etc etc so as you like go deep you just there's a lot of people that you're like oh my god I had no idea this person was involved so there's so many like twists and turns and then she ends up doing more for the um case than the actual detectives um and she's blind and so for her to just like (laughs) I can't wait to watch this pulling it out of the park and like you just have someone who you know is has a disability and she's just like I'm gonna get shit done y'all obviously can't do this I'm doing this on my own so like super like woman empowerment you know aspect to it as well just so highly recommend it okay that's it's on my list you say that you say that taking it into your own hands and I immediately think about um the OJ Simpson case um the guy Ron who he also killed because we all know OJ didn't fight Mm -hmm. me um (laughs) but the guy who was also murdered I think his name was was Ron his sister came out with a podcast about her talking to like all the people who like knew her brother, who knew Nicole, um, some of OJ's friends. And it's fascinating. And I, of course I'm listening. I'm like, yeah, girl, like go off. And it's just like, cause like everyone's like, obviously like Nicole is centered because like thin white woman married to OJ. Um, but like Ron didn't even know her. Like he only knew her from the restaurant. So for him to get murdered was just like, I mean, obviously like Nicole's murder was senseless, but like Ron was just like legitimately wrong place, wrong time. And it is heartbreaking. Um, But I highly recommend that podcast. I'd have to look up the name and get it to you, but she does a whole podcast about just like her 
like trying to find healing and the whole like when OJ wrote the book and how like if the his book like if I did it and her family like suing for it and so like he, they brought so he didn't get um sentenced for that for hit for Ron and Nicole's murder but then their family took him to civil civil uh court and they won so he they like essentially like he owes them like millions of dollars but he's not making any money air quotes aka he, he's like funneling his money into different shit which I think is ridiculous um but then he wrote this book and rich like, people and a rich people hello and like <laughs> the way like he tried to like funnel money through the book and then they sued for the like the rights of the book it's just fascinating I think everyone's listened to it because like that's another case of like I was also super young but everyone be like OJ did it like what mm-hmm. do you mean like I also wonder like you know fast forward 20 years mm-hmm. you're gonna have people like us that are probably doing a podcast on true crime and it's gonna be about the crimes that we're living now and it brings me to the idea around social media Mm-hmm. And how it's so difficult to lie in this world of technology, in this world of internet. Um, I don't know if you are active on TikTok. Are you active on TikTok? Mm-mm. Oh my god, I'm I'm too. I feel like I'm too old. Oh no, oh, I no. can't. I can't get the tick, the talk, <laughs> the tinfoil, whatever it is these days. Whatever I can't it is, figure it out. Yeah. I love it. I have never felt more represented on a platform. Mm-hmm. Than See, I think that's the thing too. Like TikTok is super racist to black people. And I'm like, mm. just like seeing like, so I don't have it, but like my friends will send me videos that I can watch because the interwebs exist. And like watching like black TikTokers be like, this is like bullshit. So I think that's also why I'm like, I refuse to sign up for TikTok mm-hmm. because of how I know how they treat black people. But anyway, you feel represented. That's not to yuck your gum, proceed. <laughs> No. So um, I, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Mexican. My Puerto Rican side's Black. And so I grew up around Afro-Latinidad. And when I first joined the app, my whole feed was Afro-Latinos. So folks that are from the island, Puerto Rico, um, you know, from the Caribbean who are Black, who also identify as, as Latinx, um, on the platform and it was just scroll after scroll. And I was like, this is my family. And you don't see that elsewhere. Yeah. So basically it was like Spanish Harlem in and out. Um, so I, <laughs> so Spanish I, Harlem in TikTok. I don't <laughs> but reeling it in, um, there was a woman who, who her sister was killed when she was nine or so, like they were younger, um, or maybe not nine, maybe teens. Um, but then fast forward to, you know, 15 years later, the case was still unsolved and she knew that her stepdad did it. And so she went on this like social media campaign and was like providing, you know, different, um, perspectives. She was providing data. She was providing, you know, photos and it went viral and they ended up reopening the case and her stepdad ended up getting arrested. And so it just leads me to believe that it's going to be much harder, you know, in the, in, as the years come. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think that people who are designed to kill will find a way to kill no matter what. Um, so I'm just interested to see, like, what the future of true crime is going to look like. Well, number one, like, everything is tracked now with social media. And I'm like, I feel like I'm still such an old millennial because I'm like, you don't have to, like, post and share everything. And then I'm also like, but that's going to get, like, the people who need to get caught caught mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so like there's this I don't know if you watched the um I think it's Netflix series don't f with cats oh my gosh I watched the first like two minutes and I couldn't so I didn't I watch it where this is going I'm not I'm turning it off I didn't watch it but this podcast listened to called true crime obsessed they talk about documentaries so it's like I watched it but I didn't it's like a recap and it's they do all of like the series and so it talks about how like internet sleuths solved that and caught and like got that guy arrested. Like there's just so many things of like people are like the internet sleuths, like the armchair detectives are like the ones who are solving all these things. And I'm like, yeah, like, I think you're right. Like five years, 10 years from now, it's just like, listen, we're going to put this person's face in. We're going to pull up everything they've ever done because there's cameras everywhere that work and aren't pixelated. <laughs> and it's going to be, <laughs> be able to find all of them. But yeah, that's like that. That's like my one future hope of like technology getting out of control is that we'll just be able to like stop all these murders from being done. And like that's the thing about like true crime is like people are like like are you into murder? I'm like no. It's just the fact that people think they can get away with shit or they do actually get away with shit. And you're like, 
you just let it go. Like it's the people like, I never expected it to be my neighbor. I'm like, no one is safe. And that's such a, such a scary thing to think about, but it's like, you just don't know. Like, um, so I grew up in Hamden, Connecticut, which is one town over from Cheshire, Connecticut. And when I was in college, I want to say high school, college, there were the Cheshire murders, which is covered on every true crime like mm-hmm. podcast. Um, but that was like one of the biggest ones for us. It was just like Cheshire is like very much like this sleepy town. Like everybody knows each other. It's like literally people left their doors unlocked, which I will never understand. I don't care how safe your neighborhood is. Don't They're all louder. I have friends now that are like, oh, I'm just going to go get the mail. I'm like, I don't care if it's 20 steps away. Lock your door. Did you? And I'm always the type of person, like when I come home, I'll go visit my family, you know, and say, hey, I'll come back. I am on FaceTime with my mama and I go in and open the bathroom door, open the shower. I'm looking at the bed. I am opening each closet door and I'm like, okay, well, here's some coats maybe that person's hiding in the coats because it's easiest there and I'm moving the, her- the hangers around yep. you will not catch me not checking anything or ever leave my door unlocked are the same person because I'm like mm, no like there's this one case I was listening to I think it was on um oh my favorite murder um and they were talking about like this one girl who like there was like this guy who was loose it like she left her door unlocked to like go put laundry in the machine and then come back and like she saw her door was like open open and so, like, she went inside and just, like, felt weird. And, like, her dog started barking. She's like, mm no. And so she, like, had someone come in with her. And, like, the guy was hiding. Like, some guy was, like, hiding behind her bathroom door. I was like, absolutely not. This is one. I leave nothing unlocked. I locked every. I lock everything all the time. Like, I'm the person who, like, unlocks her car just so the light turns on so I can see into my car before I get into it. Because I'm like, my biggest fear is getting abducted. And I don't know where that comes from. But like, I keep my trunk messy on purpose. <laughs> There's always <laughs> something in my back seat because I'm just like, no, it's not going to happen. See, and I'm always worried too because my dog is an eight pound multi-poo, but she is so vicious with her bark. Like people get scared of her bark and they see her and they kind of like smile. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But then all you have to do is bend down and pet her and she's quiet. So I'm always like, Sophie, are you going to protect me or not? Like, if there's some person in here who's trying to kill us, because you will be taken too, yeah. all they have to do is pet you and you're quiet. Like, no, mama, you got to tell me where they're at. Um, but you Sophia's also- just chilling with a murder on your couch. Like, hey, girl. Yeah. She's like, hey, you'd like to give scratches? Bet. My, new, my new friend. Hey, girl. I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. I love- death but there's some things to she needs to work on she needs to not trust everyone Sophia I also just like don't bring people to my apartment like it's like my safe space and I think now in this virtual world everybody knows what every single room of mine looks like you know what the kitchen looks like because we've done like the happy hours where you make drinks or whatever they know this area because you can see my living room um there are times where I Sophia was barking to be let out into the backyard so I had to take my computer into my bedroom to open the door to let her out. So they've seen my bedroom. And so folks, you know, were like, hey, like when the holidays came around, they're like, do you, can I have your address? I want to send you, you know, a gift. And I'm like, I love the intention behind it, but the address is the only thing I have. And I also just sit here on true crime. No, nobody needs to know my address. So it's been this like weird thing, but. Yeah, um, I I feel you deeply of like, the like so when I first got into the podcast my favorite murder um was probably like two years ago but that show had already been on for two years Mm -hmm. and so like I am very big on like if I like the show like I'll try to go back and binge listen to it and I did and I was living with a, a roommate at the time and like I didn't hear her come in and so like I'm just like in the kitchen headphones down like cutting and I look up and she's just there and I when I tell you Oh, I no. screamed. That gives like, me anxiety just having you describe. Screamed, it. and I just was like, "What?" She goes, "I." She's like, "I said your name twice." I was like, "No, girl." Mm-mm. It was. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I tell again, I'm the jumpiest person. Would get like, I would listen to it like all day, like all day, all night. Get home, like on the drive home, like so. Now, like I can't listen to true crime like after six p.m. Like it's just a rule I have in my head of like. Yeah. After, after it's dark, you got to shut it down. You don't need to be doing this to yourself. But I'm the same way. Like, if I go out of town and come back, like, I got to check every closet under my bed. Like, 
Yeah. Fever dreams. Yeah. Sometimes we'll like, look like if we're in my bed, um, she'll look towards the door Mm-mm. and I'm like, Sophia, Sophia. <laughs> and she will just like, kind of look into the abyss and no. then you hear her growl. And I'm like, this is how I die. Like there's someone on the other side. And I sleep with my bedroom door closed. And I'm like, this is how I die. There's somebody behind this door. Um, I can't get out of my room now. And she's just like growling. And then when she jumps off the bed and goes and tries to smell under the door, I'm getting chills thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna sweating on the other side of this door because you're scaring me. And I'm like, do you not, you're sitting on my lap when we watch these true crimes. Like, are you not paying attention? Like, hello. Are you not watching what I'm watching, girl? <laughs> uh, I feel that. Like, so it's also funny because like, I feel like with me, like true crime also like leads into cults too. Like I am fascinated by cults. Fascinated. Like I, I binge watched the Scientology show that Leah Remini did. Let me tell oh. you my gosh i've watched probably every documentary about scientology the fact that we have two scientology like quote churches or uh, whatever they call here in austin baffles me to no end there's two when i first got here um to you know i went to college in 2008 and my boyfriend at the time was the one who opened my eyes to scientology i rewind (laughs) 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 wait a minute questionable statement there um I had no idea Scientology existed and so when I was walking on the drag I saw that like large church and asked him and he was like oh wait a minute I have to explain all of this to you and this is when there were a lot of protests where people would go in with like their masks right outside the church and I had no idea why and then I went down this like deep rabbit hole of just like these people go out like you know, research find you. About yeah. you. That's and what I'm like. That's all we need to say. Own. We don't need to. <laughs> this is yeah, you know, it's about but like that to each their own, right? Like mm-hmm. that's something you're into. Great, not me. Um, but yeah, it's just a whole nother world. That, and that's a Netflix series. I was like, I-, I had no idea. That is a deep dive. Like Scientology itself is just a deep dive. Mm-hmm. Like if you need something to keep you busy for a couple of weeks read the books watch the documentaries like it's just it's so mind-blowing and like yeah I think one of my like favorite qualities and also a quality I hate is just my curiosity oh yeah I'm curious about everything so I would read everything like I said to each their own but I would just go into a deep deep hole researching and being like oh and then you read about one person then you go on a different tangent with them and like their history and oof whole nother story mm-hmm. like, like that's probably one of, I'm trying to think like what other cults I, I'm just like research because I'm just like how does this happen like the wild wild country documentary on Netflix like wild so wild um yeah there's just so many different things especially like during like the 70s the 60s 70s and 80s of just like what is <laughs> what is going on in a Jamestown church oh yeah mm-hmm Yeah, I was reading about that one. I haven't, I don't know. I only know like high level, but I was reading about it and just like looking at, you know, some photos and videos on YouTube. And that's like the Waco one that happened in Texas, like with the guy who like had the standstill with the FBI. And I'm like, yeah, what the, what? Yeah. I mean, Texas is a whole nother story. Texas (laughs) is a whole other bird. Y'all got some things going on here like Girl. and I don't think I realized it until I moved here like Texas legitimately thinks it's a whole nother country like the world the rules that are in Texas I'm like where are where are we it's, it's it's like we're in a matrix with Texas and I'm like you know I have friends now that I'm meeting on clubhouse that are just from all over the world and we were like oh you're from Texas I'm like can we switch the subject, please? Because I know this is not going to go anywhere positive. Right. But trust me, I acknowledge you and I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, like now, so, so originally being from Connecticut and like living here almost five years now, I'm like, my family's always like, you've just like acclimated. I'm like, no, 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 I'm still <laughs> from Connecticut. I just happen to live in Texas. But I'm also like, but Austin isn't Texas. Like it's a mm-hmm. whole separate existence but it's like a little bubble right it has its issues but it's still a little bubble 
for sure yeah but I'm just always like the things that happen I'm just like okay like like I said like with the yoga shot murder like I never would have known that happened in Austin if I hadn't heard it but it's like my a friend and I like talked about doing a true crime podcast but just focused on cases in Texas I'm like we'll never finish like it'll never (laughs) it'll never end like there's just oh that's so sad there's the Texas is ridiculously large like there's just so much space that in so many things that happen and oh Texas true crime but yeah I just I don't know I feel like everyone has like that one case like even if like you're quote like not into true crime there's like one case you've heard that's like piqued your interest or like a cult that you're just like what happened and you know uh I think like um tiger king was a really interesting one like people really got into that at the beginning of the pandemic and you know i watched all of like the netflix ones like i said wild wild country um evil genius like all of those that come out and i'm like are you making a list i am <laughs> i'm a virgo so i take lists that's of- why we get along so well that's why our energy color coded I'm, I'm a pisces and pisces and virgos make really good friends that's why oh, i along, love so. pisces that's why we, we- pisces libras and sagittarius are my favorite because they just all go with the flow they do what they want they're just directed by their heart absolutely love them versus me being a Virgo. I'm super organized and I get from point A to point B. And these are the ways I get there, which is very annoying to me. So to have complete opposites that are just loosened me up, I absolutely love it. Yeah. I, I always thought I was a planner and like, I have <clears throat> Taurus and Sag, like in my it was Taurus rising in a Sag moon. I think that sounds right. Um, and so I'm always just like very, like I can be very stubborn, but I'm also like very much like, Meh. like <laughs> there's just some things I just don't care about. Yeah. Everyone's like, why don't you care? I'm like, I just, I just don't have the energy. My friend's like, oh, you're such a Pisces. I'm like, yeah. I recently had my like natal chart read. Um, <gasps> Life-changing. Oh my goodness. And she, it was a woman who's based in Miami and she, you know, video recorded it for an hour, sent it over to me and I got emotional. She knew nothing about me. Um, and just everything that she's explained based on my natal chart was a nail on the head. And there were two things. Cause I had particularly asked her like, Hey, like I'm in my thirties. What does life look like, you know, for the next 10 years? Um, or let me not for the next eight years, I'm 32. <laughs> what does this look like? And, you know, she explained that I, um, am going to be a great mother. And apparently I'm going to like change the trajectory of what motherhood looks like, which is just so touching to me. I feel like I'm great at a lot of things, but I'm, or I'm good at a lot of things. I feel like I'm going to be a great mom. So just have her to have her solidify that in whatever capacity, whether they're my kids, I find a partner who has kids or I adopt, like mm-hmm. totally fine. I'll have the whole kindergarten class to me. Um, but, and then she had also mentioned too, that um, she was like, I feel like you're going to get into who may, um, humanitarianism like you're going to do something along those lines she was like your call on earth is just to serve people and I was like please it's 3 a.m when you just sent me this email like I can't these are emotional hours but uh and I think she was also um a Pisces um like I read her whole about me so I was like yes I love this energy I have people around me yeah yeah, I well, send me her info next because I want to get my full one done. But like that, it's funny you say that because like well, I don't know how we got here from true crime. But anyway, um, every time I think about like becoming a mom now that I've like I'll be thirty one in March, and I always think about like when I was younger, I'm like I want to have X amount of kids, and then I found out like my mom was only able to have me. She ended up having cervical and uterine cancer, and like now my doctors don't know if I'll be able to have kids. And so like over the last like five ten years, I've been like you know. I probably adopt or end up with a partner who has kids. I mean, as we get older, the likelihood of that happening is real. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that's like one thing in life. Like I want to be in the worst way possible as a mom, like at least yeah. to two kids. Like so my like, mom, actually, I was like, a uh, what do they call rainbow baby? Mm-hmm. Um, so my brother, she had my brother and then she had two sets of miscarriages <laughs> and she was told she wasn't able to conceive uh, for whatever reason. And then I think it was like four and a half months pregnant she was feeling sick. And so she would, you know, was like, Hey, I'm feeling nauseated. I just need some medicine. And the doctor's like, no, you have some just being pregnant. She's like, I can't get pregnant. Just like give me medicine. I need to go work. And sure enough, they're like, ah, let's just, let's just check. And she's like, um, oh my gosh. She calls my dad. And she's like, you did this to me. <laughs> 
we're four and a half months pregnant. So here I am. But I think to tie it in with true crime, um, I've never researched like the signs of people of, of people in true crime. I think I might start doing that. Oh, good point. Yeah. 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 I feel like, I don't know why I feel like every like murder has to be a fire sign. Sorry to anyone who's a fire sign. I just feel like it's always like. Or a Gemini. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of patience. <laughs> just. Just like wreck havoc. Dead. And I love Gemini's. Both my parents are Gemini's. Mm. So for any Gemini listening, I love you. I hear you. Dead. But sometimes um, you make some questionable decisions um that I may not support (laughs) that I may not support yeah that's always like a thing like someone like when everyone talks about like Ted Bundy he was so charming I'm like like, I'm like what sign was he like I always think about that too like that's a good that's a good deep dive yeah like let's look into somebody else has done it so let's have the cliff notes and send it to each other right yeah I'm like the big like the big names like the John Wayne Gacy's and the Ted Bundy's and the yeah I'm sure they're all like yeah. The one that I just watched and I'm currently reading the book is I'll Be Gone in the Dark from HBO about the East Area, um, the East Area Rapist and original Night Stalker from like the 70s and 80s. Um, Michelle McNamara wrote the book and she ended up passing away like right before they ended up catching him. But I highly recommend that because it's like it's such a it's just so good. It's like so well done. So that's like the most recent one that I like got super captivated into because it's just like (laughs) on um on tiktok you have folks i'm like on true true crime tiktok Mm -hmm. and you have folks that will create charts for you and they'll like rate the the true crime episode or series and will give like commentary of like why you should or shouldn't watch it or like Mm -hmm. not your time and for me as a Virgo, I absolutely love it. And I'm like, yes, if I don't have to waste my time, I'm not going to do it. Time is my best and most valued currency. Good. So give me the, the high level overview, three sentences of what happened. And that's it. Um, but you are giving me a list yourself. And I feel like tonight is just going to be a true crime this weekend is going to be a true crime weekend because well, I that, have other plans. That's why I love True Crime Obsessed, the podcast I mentioned before, because like they'll watch all of the documentaries for you and then they talk about the documentary. Yes. So it's like, is this worth me watching it? And so like I like I said, I never watched um, Don't Enough With Cats. because I was like, I can't watch this. So like they watched it and I was like, great. Thank you so much. And like I felt like I was still like I was still super involved and didn't have to watch it. So yeah, I love them and like all the coverage they do. And they just like they just do such a great job. And it's like hilarious. They're both from the Northeast. Like they're just like super hilarious and very like blunt. And I just live for it. So highly recommend highly recommend true crime obsessed it's my that's probably my favorite true crime podcast and I don't want anyone to get offended but it's my favorite I feel like I've I've listened to it like I've liked it so it's in my queue Mm -hmm. um it's two is it two women no it's one guy Patrick and then a girl named Jillian I think I probably I'm confusing it with crime junkies then oh yeah there's two women I also love crime junkie I listen to them all I love Oh my gosh. I See, love I love that show. So so great. But every time she reads it, but the so I love the way she reads it, but it's too suspenseful and then the music underneath. I'm like, just read it. Like don't don't create a mood for me. <laughs> Let me decide how I feel. Like if you're making me anxious, I'm not gonna like so I'm like Girl, like, it's true crime. Everything around true crime. Which means I don't need the I don't need the music behind it. Just read it, girl. Like I don't need you oh, to no, build suspense. I want the cinematic everything behind it. Like let me build it up. I want sweaty palms as I'm going Mm-mm. through this. Oh, I love it. Mm-mm. I want to decide how I feel. I know I'm going to be anxious, but I don't need you to add like it's like the people who like read scary stories, but then like make like the heart bumping sound behind it. I don't need it. I got it. Like oh yeah. Yeah. yeah like I this is how ridiculous I am I have a like an old school like analog like clock in my bathroom because I feel like I'm never on time for anything even though I am but it like makes like the ticking sound and even that some days like why is this like, it makes me anxious I'm like I get it like it's just like the clock the countdown <laughs> it's fine oh Everything that's such fine. like a scary sound right the tick, the tick. I'm like ah! <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me live yeah well, I could talk to you for days about true crime. I'll probably end up texting you tonight, but like, 
because I'm going to watch the Cecile Hotel and I need you. I need you to watch that. I'm only in episode two right now. I just finished episode one this morning, but I'll definitely watch um, like a different, you know, series on it. I watched it on YouTube. Um, crazy. Wild. I think like a lot of these like true crime episodes or series or whatnot go into this context about like mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really big in that case itself mm-hmm. so please definitely text me and I feel like even in this global pandemic well that's a way that we can still bond without being listen when tiger, texted. <laughs> when tiger king came out my friends and I did a watch party like the Netflix watch parties together and that's like how we <laughs> watched like oh, we had God. we had it playing on our tv and they were all on zoom together like it was like we were watching <laughs> watching it together it was like that. so great so my friends and I are gonna do that with the new Britney <gasps> okay I haven't watched it yet yeah we're and supposed every- to watch it tomorrow everyone's like you have to watch it I'm like I have to be in a place like I don't know if I'm ready because mm-hmm. it's Britney Ugh, anyway. I know and I then just- yeah Mm-mm. but her but dad did just lose the case like- her dad yeah. just lost so I'm excited yeah her dad just lost and JT came out with just a half-ass apology no my friend goes my friend goes no his publicist came out with an apology I was like "Mm, not wrong not wrong at all and the only reason like obviously something we know um but we have been dragging him for Janet but the moment this comes out with a white woman we have we we have an apology that's front and center you better so speak. absolutely not. You absolutely not. He's like my my ignorance. I'm like, sir, you legitimately tore off her shirt in the yep. middle of a Super Bowl. That was like 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Oops. Yeah. Ugh. I I so we're doing that for Valentine's. That's our like Valentine's date altogether. You're Justin Timberlake. Keep it. <laughs> Any hoodles, I'll be sure to link all your social media into the show notes. I will probably link all the suggestions we both made for things people should Please. watch into the show notes. And for um, anybody listening, any commentary or anything we may not have seen or mentioned, please like let yeah. us know. Yeah, literally, we're, we're, we'll start our own clubhouse just talking about true crime stuff at this point, everybody. Like just to, your face right now. Oh my gosh, how did I not think to look for a, a clubhouse club on true That's crime? Cool. Listen, when you find it, let me know. Send it to me. I will send it to you. Good. Okay. So at the end of every episode, I like to end with a sort of palate cleanser, sort of leaving us on a high note by asking the question, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what's a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? Ooh. Best advice I was given. Um, the worst you're going to get is a no. So do it anyway. Wow so profound and I think for something I'd like to tell my younger self is that um I want you to keep pushing because people you're going to make people feel like they're part of a community no matter where you're at so just keep pushing you got it that's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at the tea with Brie at gmail.com and visit the website, the tea with Brie podcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music, and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.